0: So today, the topic that I'm going to be speaking on is actually God as a lover. Ooh, it's a deep topic. It's a very intimate topic. Um, this is something that, I, that God actually put on my heart probably a couple of years ago, but I wasn't really following God at that time. I would say I was a Christian, but I actually wasn't really, um, but... When I came to the School of Ministry, it's classic for School of Ministry students to always talk about School of Ministry, so you're gonna hear it a lot. If you talk to us, you're gonna hear it a lot. Um, Yeah, so he put this on my heart such a a long time ago, um, but it all began, like the official start date began on Thanksgiving, the one that just went, Now, in Australia, we don't actually have seasons. We have two seasons. You guys have a beautiful four seasons. You can see them transition into from spring right now. So you can see the flowers blooming. Then it goes into summer, the heat. And then you have fall, which is the leaf changes, and winter. In Australia, we have summer, which goes for about 10 months of the year. It is scorching hot, although you'd be like, hey, it's tropical. You should love that. I don't. I love Canada. This is amazing. I do love Australia, don't get me wrong, um, but I love Canada. And then this, the other two months of the year, it's kind of chilled. It's, it's about this temperature, and then it goes straight back into the heat again. So, um, yeah, but Thanksgiving. So, who here has actually seen the movie The Vow? Has anybody seen the movie The Vow? Not very many of you. That's okay. I am going to read directly from Google what The Vow is about. So, it's a movie. It has got Rachel McAdams in it, I believe, Man, she's a a wonder woman, but this is exactly what it says. Now, guys, please stay tuned. It's not all about chick flicks. This is going to be just as much for you as it is for any one of us. So, this is the plot review. Paige and Leo are happily married newlyweds, but their idyllic life together suddenly shatters when a car accident leaves her in a coma. When Paige awakes, she has a severe memory loss and doesn't know Leo. She also has a confusing relationship with her parents and still harbors feelings for a former fiance. Despite these difficult obstacles, Leo is determined to renew their bond and rebuild their marriage. It is based on a true story, thank you. Um, I have seen this movie multiple times, but this time uh, I was watching it with a few of my friends And God spoke directly to me. So Leo in this movie, he doesn't force Paige. He does not force her in any way. She's completely forgotten about him. She does not know who he is. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that would be for him? Now, what he does in this situation could very easily be either you go in and you say, marry me again and love me again or I'm going to walk away. So that... he. He's in a complete dilemma right here. Now, God spoke directly to me and said, that is how I treat you. He treats us in the way that he does not push us. He does not force us in any way to love him back. What he does is he guides us in such a beautiful way. He says, I want to give you my love, and I'm going to show you love in ways that you need, in ways that you are desiring, but he doesn't force us in any way. And so God said, um, I have shown you what I am like as a father, I, as a savior, and I have shown you what I am like as a friend. But now I want to show you what I'm like as a lover. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and I got this from a chick flick. You should all watch chick flicks because they are changing your lives. <laughs> Now, God is the type of lover. He said, I am the lover who will step down from my throne and I will come directly to where you are. I am the type of lover where I will leave everything behind and I will leave the 99 just so I can find one. So every single song that we were singing today is amazingly in par with what I was going to say today. So, Now, when I speak of a lover, I am not thinking of The physical type of lover. I am thinking of the lover who is spiritually bonded, who is emotionally bonded, and who is mentally bonded to us. The type of lover that you would only let into the very core being of who you are. You wouldn't let anyone else in there. That is the type of lover that I'm talking about with God. It's... It was a challenging journey to um, go through this, and I'm sure you're all um, on very different journeys to what I am, and it's beautiful what God can bring through in just a simple, the simple things around you. So there are three main topics that I would love to speak about today, and the first one is that God fights for you and for your love, and entwined with this is also trust, now Man, trust is a huge topic. It's something where you need, God is saying, trust me, and he is a being that you can't actually see around you. Yes, you can see miracles. Yes, you can see the nature outside, but how can you trust someone that you can't see? So this is something I couldn't, this took me eight months to write, so I couldn't actually write this trust topic because I thought this is such a huge thing, trusting God. So the first thing is, trust is a relationship. So in any relationship, it involves some reciprocity. So reciprocity is the practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit. So God, in exchange for your trust, will provide you with protection, will provide you with safety and provision. And I know that this is not something, and I'm not saying that their bad things don't happen to good people and to Christians because I'm, that's not what I'm saying and that's a whole other sermon topic. What I'm saying today is that in a relationship and in the lover perspective of God, this, God is going to provide you with safety, protection, and provision. The second thing is trust involves risk. There, is, there has to be a possibility of loss, of vulnerability, and also of faith. There's going to be disappointment, and there is going to be in trust. There, there may be disappointment, but the, the disappointment that God provides is there are three things that can happen. So when you when you are disappointed by something that you asked from God, you could one, God could say, No, I don't want this for you, but I have something better for you. The second thing is He says yes, and He gives you exactly what He wants. And the third thing is He says, I want you to wait because it, it's going to get better. The third thing is, trust is freely given. Like I said with Leo in The Vow, he's not going to force you in any way, because that's not what trust is. Yes, he can coerce you if he really wanted to. He could be the type of God who's like, trust me, love me, but he's, that's not going to work. And that, that's not what a relationship is about. That's not how lovers work. So... Um, yeah, God's going to, he's asking you to freely trust him. I know it's a risk, and I know it's, it takes a lot, but that's, that's exactly what it is. So there's so many factors, so many other, I was reading, that was all from an article I was reading, and that's about human relationships, and that's, it's so, I guess, for us, with a relationship with God, we need to have something that we can tangibly have, which is human, so those things can, re, we can relate those back to God again. Um, So by trusting in his timing, in God's timing for you and his will, his promises, you are trusting that he knows what is going on even though you can't see it. It's huge. Trust throughout the Bible is everywhere. You can see it and God is, he's within the trust and the protection. He is saying that, um, and the stories from the Bible we can bring to today. So I want to read you... um, I want to read you directly from the Bible. So Psalm 91 verses uh, verses 4 to 16 says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. God does this because he loves you. And yes, you can say love. What a a simple thing. Everybody talks about it. You're going to hear it in every single church service, pretty much. You're going to hear it in almost every single praise and worship song that you hear. But love is literally... The definition of why we are here today. If it were not for love, we would not be here. So, in that Bible, God is showing that He is always protecting, that He protects His people. And it's like a mother and father with their child. You may need to do things um, to prevent your child from doing things that actually cause them harm. Hot stove. If you see your child running up to a hot stove, you're going to say, that's not good for you. Even though the child might think, hey, wow, that looks amazing. You're going to be like, no, 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 that's not actually good for you. But the child might be upset. Candy, if you give child candy, eventually, you know, it's good in small portions, but if you keep giving it to them, it's going to be bad for them. So you, as parents, are guiding them in that way. And that is exactly what God does to us. Um, so there's, I have one more, I have one more, oh, I have multiple more Bible verses, but for the trust example, there's one more Bible verse, and then I'm going to leave you with a statement. So, Isaiah 43 verses two: When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned; the flames will not set you ablaze. And the final statement is, God turns every situation and circumstance that you are in for your good. Yeah. The second topic um, that I'm going to cover is expressions of love and also accepting yourself. So it is honestly no secret that God loves you. It is literally spilled throughout the whole Bible. Now, For each of us individually, God shows us love how we can receive it. He shows us love how we are able to receive it because you do not receive love how I receive love. I will cover kind of the five love languages, which I'm sure most of you know about, but I'm going to cover them anyway. Um, But it is the way that we receive love that he works with. So for me, I know that I struggled a ton with accepting myself. Um, And I I was unable to believe that I was loved unconditionally. So how can we actually possibly love people um, as often as it tells us to in the Bible if we do not know how to love ourselves? How How are we supposed to love our spouses, our family, our friends, and our children if we cannot fathom how much God loves us? And how can we honestly love ourselves if we don't know how much God loves us? First John 4 verses 9 to 10, the Passion Translation, because that is potentially my favorite translation, says that the light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love and not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrifice, sacrificial offering to take away our sins. God has shown us this love by sending his son Jesus to literally die for us. We throw that around willy-nilly to people saying, I would die for you, but really, would you? Jesus honestly came to this earth and died for us just so that we could be in complete adoration and love of God, our Father. God wants to build. He did that so that he could build that bridge back to us. And he speaks to us in the way that we know how. So we love because he first loved us. Now, we have this week in, in the School of Ministry, and it's Identity Week. And what we actually do is... Um, We get wrecked, first of all. Uh, We get smashed with identity things and God telling us who we are and listening to God's voice and believing the truths about him and about ourselves. But the thing is, um, in that week, so it's Rick DeRazio. I'm not sure if you've heard of him before, but we put this um, duct tape across our chest and what happens is that they write, we write what we think about ourselves. We write a label that is like beaming off of our head. So we think this and replay it in our minds all the time. I was so overwhelmed. And I, I honestly, I actually didn't feel anything that week until the Friday came and we put this label on our chest. And mine, what I said about myself. So he came around. So we're, okay, I'm a bit everywhere, but let me just describe it to you. There are two lines. He came around with a microphone and he said, I want you to say exactly what you think of yourself in this microphone and we're going to label you. When he came around to me, I was like, I got this. Overwhelming and unlovable. So what are you saying about yourself? What is the label that is going on in your head right now and what are you saying about yourself that is absolute lies? Mine was overwhelming and unlovable. I thought that I just was too extravagant, that I was too excitable, and that I would never be able to be loved. So these two things, I had actually held over my relationships with my family, and people at my work had actually told me this almost every single day. My friends had told me this, so it just stuck in my head, and I was like, okay, that's who I am. And the look on Rick DeRazio's face was as if God was looking straight back into my soul and saying, my child, how could you think those things about yourself? How could you not see how I see you? And that completely broke me. So what are you saying about yourself? What lies are you labeling over your head and projecting for everyone else to see? And then what we did after that was we ripped off this label we threw it to the ground and we screamed out that is not who i am anymore and then god turned to me and he said you are my breath of light so i wore that label and i still wear that label to this day i've had to rip off so many other labels it is not funny Because when the devil sees that you've ripped off one label and you put on a a new one, he's like, I'm going to find something else that you think about yourself and I'm going to try and make you believe that. But then you need to rip it back off again and say, that is not who I am. Now, I don't know about you, but when I say positive things about myself in front of a room of people, They have a lot of impact. I am blown away (laughs) by the fact that I can stand up here today and speak in front of you. And, anyway. (laughs) So, for you, when you are replaying lies back in your head, can you imagine exactly the father staring back at you would you stare him in the eyes and would you say, I am overwhelming and I am unlovable to the creator of who you are? Could you say that to your child? Could you say that to any child who ran up to you like, hey, you are overwhelming and unlovable. That is in no way. I know that I could not do that. So how can you do that to yourself? God himself wants to welcome you in any state that you are in. He wants to welcome you to his home in any state that you are in. And the truth of the matter is we could never love to the full extent that God loves us. But he doesn't mind. (laughs) He's constantly finding ways to let you know just how much he loves you and how much he would sacrifice for you. So God's expression of love for me is going to be so different to any expression of love for you and to the person sitting next to you. God, um, he reminded me of how much he loved me through my parents, um, through the way that I would lie on top of their lap. They were sitting down, and I would lie on my belly on their lap, and they would make me a a burger. So they would tickle me, they would pinch me and say, here is the tomatoes, and pinch me, and I would squeal with laughter, and they'd say, here is the lettuce. And God's like, do you remember that? That's how much I love you. That's how much I love I have for you Naomi and I would do that again. And I would make you was, even though you were a grown woman I would do that again for you. <laughs> and he would do the same for you. God reminded me in that moment that he was the guy in the vow. Like I said at the start, God is the guy in the vow wanting to wait patiently, but slip in that he loves me every now and then. Not every now and then, pretty much every day, every second. (laughs) Even in the times that I don't deserve it, God says, I love you anyway. And he says, I will patiently wait for you no matter what it takes because you are my beloved child. This is not a process that happened overnight. As I said before, it's been... Months and months of trying to replay the positive things in my mind. Um, But what I want to get at is, what does it look like? How can we practically start loving ourselves and know God as a lover in our lives? So the process starts with you standing in front of the mirror. I know that sounds super corny and people say it all the time. But stare at yourself in the mirror and say, God, how do you love me today? on the days that you are crying and weeping and feel like you are unworthy to be loved, on the days that your children are screaming in the corner, on the days that you can't move, you just look at yourself in the face and say, God, how do you love me today? And he will tell you, I can guarantee that, because how, how excited are you to tell your, your children or someone else that they are beautiful? How excited are you to tell someone else and encourage them that they are amazing? And how much more does God want to do that for you? So yes, relationships take time and energy. But when you leave God's presence, you are not going to feel empty in any way. This is one relationship that you will leave feeling overwhelmed and loved. The third and final point that I'm going to go through is God's home and place of intimacy. So the five love languages are quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, physical touch and acts of service. Did you know that God actually loves you in your love language? Now it's not to say that if your gifts is at the bottom, mine's at the bottom, God's not gonna be like, I'm not gonna give you a gift. Because God is actually the person who is going to overwhelm you with gifts. But I'm saying if you love physical touch, he's going to surround you with people who love hugging you. He's going to surround you with people who are going to love you in that way as well so that he can provide his love. Not to say that that's a replacement for God, but that's a way that he does it. He's going to overwhelm you with words of encouragement. He shows you love in ways that you can receive it. No matter what you go through in your life, how you are feeling and regardless of what you've done god always has his home open for you god's wanting to grow in a deeper relationship with you and he wants to be intimate with you just as a lover would to their their partner god wants that for you as well now speaking of physical touch i was not a physical touch person at all i okay I'm going to tell you exactly how extreme it was so I have brothers right six foot seven and six foot six now they love bear hugs I think this is where I came like oh I really don't want that but they love bear hugs so my brother he also he's got ADHD so he gets really excited and he doesn't know his own strength because he is six foot six so he comes up to me I haven't seen him for a while, but he literally comes from behind and he bear hugs me, and he hugs me for at least five minutes, and he's like, I'm not letting you go, and I try and squirm out of the way, but he doesn't let me, and he drags me to the ground, and he's still bear hugging me. He is older than me as well, so I'm the youngest of the five. Um, this is, I hated that, and if people would even come up to me, touch me on the knee, and say, hey, how are you? I'd kind of just squirm away and be like, I'm good. I'm good. I really don't want that touch right now, in a, in a polite way, of course. I wouldn't say that. I'd just be like, oh, brush the arm off. Thank you. <laughs> That's so kind of you to say. That is how extreme it was. I, li- I could not be in the same room as one person. If I was having coffee with someone, I'd find a way that someone else could come in with me and sit with me, so we'd, I'd have at least three people. I felt so uncomfortable being one-on-one with someone else. So you can imagine, how am I supposed to receive love from God if I can't even like, be in a room with someone else and be so intimate with them? I was like, that scares me. I don't want that. I don't want love. And in fact, at some point, I was like, I don't want to be married. I don't want this life. So <laughs> Whew, that was before school of ministry. So that was like just over a year ago. I am a changed, transformed person. If My best friend, her name is Jay. She also came to the School of Ministry. She is a physical touch person. Can you imagine your life hating physical touch? And you have a best friend whose physical touch is out of this world. It is not fun, but she forced me to love her. So the idea of physical touch and anything of that sort or any intimacy whatsoever was so far out of reach but God is saying to you guys because I am transformed I can give hugs to people now and enjoy it just so you know guys <laughs> God um, I'm pretty sure God found it humorous to be honest to put Jay in my life she was my best friend, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure he found it really funny to do that. Um, <laughs> it was a journey that I went on, um, but it was, it was a good journey, and it was a journey where my small group leader would, for hours at a time uh, – no, sorry, she was, it was in ministry time. She would come up and she would hug me, and um, it got into three seconds, and I was like, that's good enough. And she would just keep hugging me and she leaned, so she's about this short. So I would have to bend down to hug her. So she came up to my ear and she's like, Naomi. I I was in ministry so I was like, I don't want to say anything. She's like, I feel like God wants me to hug you until it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Three seconds in it and I was like, no. She held me for 20 seconds. Then it got to 30 seconds, and I was like, this is so much. I don't want this right now. And then she just, like, I can see. Because I'm down here, I just feel her smile. I was like, no. That was, yeah, anyway. So God had been putting me in situations that made me so uncomfortable. But, like I said, Here I am, a changed woman. And God is going to make you uncomfortable. He's going to put you in positions where you feel like, oh, I don't want to be hugged for three minutes. He's going to put people in your life that if you don't like encouragement, he's going to say, I'm going to put people in your life that encourage you every single day. And you're going to be like, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to do this. But he's going to do it because he loves you. And he's going to do it because that's how he wants you to receive love. This is about intimacy with God. And intimacy requires awkwardness. So get ready to be awkward. Get ready to stand there and receive it even though you don't want to. Get ready to stand there and just feel God's love, even if you feel like you haven't felt it for years, even if you feel like you're like, nah, that's not something that I felt. God loves me. I know about it, but I'm, I, don't, I don't feel that. I just know it. God's like, I'm going to make you feel it. And that was the journey that I definitely went on. So again, God is not going to force you. He's going to love you and he's going to love you until you feel that love. And he's going to love you until you feel worthy of that love as well. Whether you are abandoned by your family, friends, and every single one around you, he is the one who is not going to leave you. 1 John 4 verses 12 to 13 says, No one has gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor, but if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us, and we make our permanent home in him. And his love is brought to its full expression in us, and he has given us his spirit within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and that we live in him. So I'm going to read you this journal entry um, that I wrote as I was going through this. And this is the final thing. So if I can get the band up. Um, Wow, this is something that's really, really close to my heart. And this is exactly what the Father says to you My child, it's time to come home. It's time to know who you are. I want to comfort you. I want to show you what it's like to live a life where I am always present, and you are always aware of that. I want to show you what it's like to be truly intimate with me. I will always let you inside my house. I want you to come out of the colds and move in with me. Come, the fire is on. I have hot chocolate here for you. I have a warm blanket and I have a meal for you. So come inside. Let me show you what it truly means to be deeply intimate and loved by me. Let me show you what it means to know me as a lover. So I... I want to invite you to get to know God as a lover today. I'm not going to force you, but if you really want to, I'm going to encourage you today to stand up and come forward. If you want to stand in your seat, that's fine, but I'm going to ask the ministry team to come up here as well. So if you can all just stand to your feet for me, please. Holy Spirit, we just want to thank you today for everything that you've shown us. We just want to thank you today that you are always with us. God, we want to thank you that you are showing us who you are as a lover. God, we thank you that you are here with us. And that you, like the guy in the vow, is going to come after us. You're going to kick down every wall and you're going to tell us, no matter how hard it is, no matter how much we don't want to feel it, that we are loved by you and that you will always be coming after us. I feel like there are a few of you in here who, like me, did not know how to receive love and do not know how to receive love fully by God, you may not even be able to feel God, but I feel like today God wants to open that up to you, and he wants to open you and invite you to say, hey God, I want to know you as a lover, so if that is you, I want to invite you to the front, and what we're going to do is we're just going to pray for you. You are not alone in this journey because we're all going through this. It's a flippin' tough journey to be on. But I want to encourage you that no matter how you feel, no matter how unworthy you feel, no matter what label you have put on yourself, I want you to know that God is going to come and he is going to replace that label with a truth over your life. He's going to replace that label with what he thinks of you and what truth he thinks of you.